0: Hello and welcome back to the Anfield Edition podcast. My name is Owen and joining me today is an old friend, uh, Ty. Say hello, mate. Hello, lad. And today's special guest is Oliver Bond, uh, the founder of Anfield HQ and a huge presence on Twitter. Nice to have you on, mad.
1: Thank you very much for having me, lads. Cheers.
0: No problem. Uh, so today we'll be looking back at the January window now that it's shut. Uh, judging the club's successes and failings, and hopefully getting a little insight into all of his links to the club and any deals he might have had, a brief knowledge on. Uh, first of all, a quick summary of our January window. We brought in Van Dyke for a record 75 million, and that became the marquee signing of the club era, in my opinion. Meanwhile, Coutinho joined Barcelona for 142 million. While many players left on loan, including Daniel Sturridge to West Brom, Ryan Kent to Bristol City, Lazar Markovic to Andelect, Ovechzaria to Sunderland. Gurich to Cardiff, Harry Wilson to Hull City, John Flanagan to Bolton, and lastly, Lloyd Jones to Luton. Uh, what were your thoughts on the window overall, Oliver? Did we do um, decent business this January, or was it um, a more of an Arsenal window, might we say? Um,
1: yeah, it was a mixed window, I think. Obviously, the signing of Berger Van Dijk at the start of January was, was massive for Liverpool and massive for Klopp, obviously. like Van Dijk had been know, preferred defensive target for, for well over a year, and um, and, you know, to finally get him sort of, you know, it was a historic moment for the club and there was a lot of money spent on him and he was a world record fee for a defender. And then, you know, Liverpool sort of typically really go and sell. their the best player halfway through a season. um You know, at the end of the day, I think there's, there's a lot of rumours floating around Twitter, that like FSG were the ones that were putting the strings on that. But at the end, you know, Klopp's the one that sanctioned that one. You know, I, I, I don't know how many people sort of believe um FSG are, are sort of the ones, ones put in the strings, but um, every decision that's been made on, on that was Joe you know, Klopp. Um, yeah. So, you know, look at, looking at those two, you think it's it's very typical Liverpool that they go and bring in a you know a, a huge signing and they go and sell the best player. Um, yeah. I think Klopp just said it in his press conference, a, a lot of this window was, was about outgoings. Um, you know, players Like Lazar Luz, Markovic, Liverpool just had to get off the books, he, he just had no future at the club. John Flanagan, mm-hmm. another one, um, it, it'll most likely be released in the summer. Um, Daniel Stowage is a bit of an interesting one. Um, you know, a lot of Liverpool fans probably don't see um, a lot of strength up top, um, but Klopp obviously sees you know, Roberto Firmino, Danny Ings Dom Solanke, and, and also Mo Salah, who you can, you can play through the middle and he's played through the middle a couple of times already for Klopp. Um, so you know, a lot of Liverpool fans would have probably preferred to keep Liverpool Coutinho, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, Klopp's the one that made the decision and I think we've, we've got to get behind
0: it. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. I think the most important thing was, like you said, the outgoings, like letting our loan, you know, our loaning out to the Championship, I thought was brilliant from Liverpool. I think there's the Championship is full with a lot of quality players and it is a, it's a great proving ground for young players to also make that step up into the Premier League. So I thought that was the most important aspect of it. Um, Ty, ha- what were your thoughts on the window as well overall?
2: Yeah, just echoing
0: what Ali said. Really,
2: um, I think letting go. You're better. I can't think of many teams um, in the Premier League that would let their best player go in January without strengthening them. Shereen. Given the given the position that we're in, you know, we've uh, you know we're into the last sixteen of the Champions League. You're pushing on for top four. <laughs> can you can you imagine? Well, let Let's put Arsenal aside because we know what they're like in the transfer <laughs> anyway. But can you let Chelsea? Can you imagine Chelsea letting Hazard go? Can you imagine you know United letting one of their front three? Man City letting could City Kevin letting De Bruyne go? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just ridiculous. I just I don't think a club in the position that we're in should be letting your best player go at this time of the season. You know, I just mm-hmm. thought if you wanted to put a deal in place, if you were worried about losing value, which I couldn't see happening anyway. You know, it's a World Cup year. I can't see him with his uh, form dropping off or anything like that. Why not agree a deal ready for the summer? Keep him until the summer. I think we we've actually weakened ourselves, weakened our position at the moment, and we're not gonna do us any favours. I'm all for supporting Klopp, but you know, you put we put our faith in him, and hopefully, uh,
0: comes up trumps. I think that was the worry for a lot of Liverpool fans was if you look at the Morris situation that's happening now. I think he's been on strike for three days, hasn't he? Because he hasn't got his move away. It's like would would that have been more dangerous to the club in general? seeing how they sort of treat their players. And then I think it was a matter of time with Coutinho, given how long he'd been at the club, and there was those huge rumours in the summer that he was going to leave. Even if we do agree a deal in principle, you could argue his heart's not in it. Um, I think that would have been brought to the table. Um, Oliver, was there any chance he would have stayed at all, do you reckon? Or was it just a a matter of time after that summer window ended, Klopp knew that he was going to lose his man in January, do you reckon?
1: I don't think he thought he was going to lose him in January. I, th- I think it was probably a similar situation to to Luis Suarez. I think Liverpool probably um you know, sensed they were gonna get another twelve months out of him until the summer. Um you know, and then, then Barcelona obviously, you know, reignited contact with Liverpool, you know, the last sort of week of, of December. Um and then it sort of went from there. I, I think once I think Coutinho always had it in his mind that as soon as Barcelona, you know, came back in for him, he'd want to leave. Um, I think, you know, in in a way, it's probably is sensible from Klopp because Liverpool have got a huge next few months ahead of them, both in terms of securing a top four place, um, you know, for the rest of the season, and also they've they've got a Champions League campaign um, starting again later this month. So I think, you know, although although it does seem bizarre to say best player and not replace him, I think I'd rather Liverpool do that than you know, Coutinho disrupt the harmony of the squad um, and, and Liverpool sort of just lose their way completely and, you know, finish fifth this season um, and, and not get a track of state football and, and have Coutinho, who's going to leave in the summer anyway. So, uh, you know, uh, it is a difficult one to, to stomach. Um, but I think, you know, on the balance of play, Klopp sort of went with it and, and at the end of the day, we, we, you know, Liverpool fans don't see for Coutinho day in, day out at the club. We, we don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Um, Klopp does, so... Um, I think Klopp's you know mm. been justified in his decision making in terms of waiting for Virgil van Dijk and navigating I, I think you know we've got to stick with him on this as well.
0: He's he's always been credited as quite a good judge of character as well. And I think the moment he sensed that he was thinking about Barcelona and he was thinking of of that move away, I imagine he would have thought right. This is the time to cash in on him. We don't want him being disruptive. He might lose the money. To the end of the day, we did get 142 million pounds out of him. Like if you said that to Liverpool fans, or was it when he joined? <laughs> From Inter Milan as this outcast for one of the biggest Italian sides you you'd have bit, you'd have bitten a hand off like £142 pounds for Coutinho. like looking back is crazy, isn't it but um the loss is huge like we can't we can't obviously ignore that uh many fans were crying out for us to sign some sort of replacement in January uh we tried to bring Keita in early um uh, Morris was linked as well, given his sort of outburst and his um strike uh Thomas Lamar resurfaced as well. Um, Ty, in your opinion, do you think we needed to bring someone in in January, or is the squad with Lalana? I know he's obviously picked up an injury now, but um, and Oxley yeah. Chamberlain as well. Is that enough to cope with the loss? Like, have we got enough versatility almost within midfield and attack that we well, can interchange?
2: There is plenty of versatility in it. We, we we're all seeing now, like Oxlade Chamberlain can play out wide, and of course, Klopp is trying to groom him into that centre midfielder, attacking midfielder he wants to be. Um, Lalana we know can play all over the pitch. Um. The only thing that we haven't experimented with, which I would have liked to have seen if we did bring in like the likes of Lamar, was kind of dropping Firmino in a little bit deeper. I think he links up so well with our midfield. You know, he drops it in. But if we did, and we've all uh, just said as well, like Salah's played through the middle, so there's there's lots of versatility there. My worry is, mm-hmm. and it's already happened, Lalana's become injured again now. So if that yeah. drags on, and then if one more injury, then you're looking at relying on Ings and Solanke to come in and make an impact. And I just think. The pressure on them is huge, given that you know we're looking to push for top four and a run in the Champions League as well. I just think it creates enormous pressure without bringing anyone in right now. We are one more injury away from being on the bones of our
0: ass, I think. Yeah uh, Ollie, what do you think um, with you know with Chamberlain as well and like what I found really um, impressive there was like Ty what you said about dropping maybe Firmino in like what that might do for how Liverpool play like the way obviously we we press. Firmino's so crucial, being at the figurehead almost of the attack. Like, what would happen if you drop him deeper into a role where maybe he is surrounded by more players? Would that make the pressing more effective, maybe? Um, Ollie, it'd be something I'd love to hear your take on. In
1: terms of dropping, actually, Chamberlain back
0: into... Like, if you either had, like, Chamberlain in as, like, a sort of an attacking midfielder, or Firmino even, dropping them in and making them... Because both players are very similar in their work rate and their ethic, aren't they, and really getting out of the opposition and pressing... Do you think that summon clock might instill is like with Coutinho? It wasn't always about his pressing; it was more about his playmaking abilities. Do you think he can maybe drop a more hard-working, you could say, player into that that midfield role and, and sort of see what happens, whether it be Firmino or um, Oxlade-Chamberlain?
1: Oxlade-Chamberlain, I could probably see, see see doing that more so than for Roberto Firmino. I, I just don't think you can move Firmino you know, from, from where he is. Um, yeah, just, you know, look, looking at statistics and looking at the, you know, his attitude, his work rate. he's He's probably one of the best number nines in Europe at the moment. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's on, he's close to 20 goals this season, um, yeah. which is a, a phenomenal return for someone who's you know, not, not you know, naturally known for it to be a number nine. So I, I just don't think he's he's someone who can move move around the pitch. Um, he's obviously Klopp's sort of number one um, striker, I guess, at the moment. Um, and, mm-hmm. and as long as Liverpool keep him fit, then Liverpool will have you know, a big chance that's occurring there, their ambitions this season. With Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think it's a bit different. Um, you know, his, his preference is to play in midfield. Um, I, I think he's really sort of brought into to Klopp's way of, of, of playing. Um, I don't think he was he was probably managed at Arsenal, and I think Klopp will really sort of, you know, get the best out of him. Um, and, and as you said, you know, he's, he's, his work rate's right up there. He's, he's energetic, he's strong, um, he's powerful. Uh, and, and that's what we'll need in their midfields.
0: Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more, I think, um... What I would have loved more than anything would have seen would be uh, to see Kaita come in in January. I think that was everyone's ideal um, ideal signing, really, when you look at it. um, It was the closest one. I think most Liverpool fans thought uh, we got to bring in someone in to replace Coutinho. I think Affield Edition were informed that Liverpool and Leipzig had managed to come to an agreement uh, for the early transfer of him, around the 10 or 15 million mark. And, and then that was also reported by respected German-based journalist Chris Williams. Um, Oliver, do, to your knowledge, what exactly went wrong with the deal? Was there a, an agreement in place uh, for that one?
1: I wasn't aware of any agreement. Um, I, I know it's been sort of you like to so Chris Williams and Sam McGuire have, have come out and said, um, yeah, there were there was an agreement in place. People paid a certain amount of money, but and you know they may be right. But I, I, I don't doubt any of their sort of. Links to, to Germany, um, but it's not something I was I was aware of from my point of view. Liverpool tried to get navigated in early, um, and, and Leipzig just said no. Um, I, I mean, in, in, in hindsight, Liverpool would have gone in and probably said that we'll, we'll, we'll give you an extra 50 million. I think things probably would have would have been a bit different, but I mean, there's just no when you know, Klopp was going to sanction that sort of money on a player Liverpool already own and, and a player Liverpool will be getting in a few months time anyway. So um, I wasn't aware of any agreement in place, but it may be the case where largely gas for 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 money and
0: Liverpool what not be prepared to pay. Yeah, sure, because that would have been I think the the at least the dream signing so, mean, we could have brought in in January to replace Coutinho, just another midfielder, another creative midfielder as well. I think the issue I have with the Maros and Lamar rumors was that it was trying to convert a winger into a into a central midfielder. I know Coutinho does play out wide sometimes, but. You found his best football was when he was playing centrally, and that's the issue that i raised with Lamar and Mares. Is whether we need more wingers, whether we need uh, a player that actually can fulfil that role, and that would have been Kaito, in my opinion. Um, Ty, what was your take on it? Um, around January, obviously we had so many rumours with Kaita. Would you yeah. have, that would have been your number one?
2: Yeah, a joint alongside bringing Mares in. I think number one, the key thing for Mares is that he would have been able to play in the Champions League for us as well. Um. And I think he's that kind of player where he can play centrally. He cannot. He can operate through the middle. He's got great feet. I know he's very much one-footed, but I think so was Coutinho as well. We all knew that he really wanted to cut in on his right foot when he was playing out wide. But I think they're both players that can operate, you know, wide and both through the middle. I think Mares was um, the only thing I can see with that is they turned down. What was it 60, 56, 60 million from Manchester City? Yeah. And yeah. There was there was rumors that they were asking for 90 million. So I can. It would have made sense. To me, that was one of the transfers that would have made sense. But, of course, if they are asking for £90 million, I just don't think that's a reasonable amount of money to ask for at this stage of his career. Um, he's definitely ready to make the next step up. I just think £90 million was a little bit ridiculous, and that's one of the major reasons why Klopp has often avoided spending big in the January transfer window, aside from Van Dijk, of course.
0: Yeah. Oliver, do you know anything uh, in regards to the mares and Lamar rumours? Was there contact made with any of the clubs or...? or any interests sort of registered in that sense? Yeah,
1: I mean, there was contact maybe with both of us as far as I was away. Obviously, you know, Lamar was, was um, a player Clock wanted last summer um, and, and sort of a, a player Liverpool bid for in the end, but, um, you know, they, they just weren't prepared to meet the £90 million valuation of him. Um, you know, and Arsenal were, but in the end, it didn't materialise. I think Liverpool sort of went went knocking on the door again in January, and, and Monaco sort of you know said the same thing. We, we want 90 million for him, which Liverpool just, especially Klopp, just was never going to pay. Um, I think if if, if sort of they come back and said, look, we'll sell it for 50, 60 million, I think you know the the Mar would have probably come to time for this uh, last month, but um, the, you know, Klopp's just not one to to, to spend 90 million on a player. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and just, you know, and that's <laughs> his. Really, 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 really desperate for it. Um yeah. came out the other night, I think, and said, um, I think it was last night, and, and said, look, we, we tried a few things, but at the end of the day, the money was ludicrous. Um, and it, in terms of Juarez, I'm not sure where these sort of rumors are coming from. Um, I've seen some people on Twitter you know, say we've, we, we've had interest and um, we've been talking to his entourage his representatives, but as, as far as I'm aware, that's, that's absolutely rubbish. Um, I mean, Liverpool did contact Leicester. Um, I, I know this is pretty well known anyway. They, they did contact them, but it was to say that they weren't interested in Morris, not, nothing <laughs> more. Um, I think after the Van Dijk fiasco last summer, Liverpool are, are very, very careful and, and very cautious about what they, you know, what they do and what gets leaked and what gets mm-hmm. said. Um, yeah. And I, I just think obviously, you know, Morris's representatives were, were really pushing for a move, um, linking, linking in with all sorts, probably leaking stories, feeding media outlets, especially back, um, you know. From, from where Mahrez is from, feeding stories out, um, and I think that just just felt it was, it was probably the right thing to do to, to contact Leicester and just be like, look, we've got no interest in Mares, don't listen to any of the stories, we're not, we're not tapping up your players. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, there was no interest in Maris and there currently is no interest in him.
2: Would you have taken him, though, all? Would you have taken Mares?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's a very good player. I think he's, um, you know, he, he's only going to get better. He's... he's his Premier League, you know, Premier League and Champions League experience. He, you know, Leicester are probably right on their valuation. i mean given Casini went for 142 million. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're probably going with the market, but yeah, I, I would have taken him all day long. But not, not someone Klopp's sort of looking at, um, not at the moment anyway. Whether that changes in the summer, I, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'd you know, be happy to see him
0: at Do you think I that's think... down to his attitude? That's what I was going to say. Do you think that yeah. might be a big factor in Klopp's decision there?
1: Um, I, I'm not sure, really. I think, uh, you know, he, he won't have liked what, what he's seen in the last few days, obviously not turning up for training. Um, uh, you know, if, 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 if Mars had been in continuous position last summer, I just don't think there's any way in hell Clock would have sort of stood by and, and let him miss three days of training. Um, so, uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I do feel for Mahrez because obviously this is the fourth transfer window. He's, he's been told by Leicester he can leave and um, you know, if the right big comes in and they're obviously in negotiations with Manchester City all, all a deadline day um, and I, I think it came out yesterday the, the player uh, City were offering was Patrick Roberts uh, or, or the player Leicester than one of us was Roberts and Manchester City
0: didn't want to sell him and so obviously, you know, the, there was compromise there Um uh, I do feel for
1: him but at the end of the day you, you've got to respect that you've got a contract with, you, with your parent club um, and, you know, you, the, the window's closed he's not going to move anywhere to the summer so you know, turning it for training or not, not turning up for training is, is not gonna
2: really. Yeah, I think the, frustration, the frustrating thing for me, and I've seen this echoed by a lot of uh, Liverpool fans on Twitter as well, is that uh, we're kind of hoping that Monaco soften their stance and they drop their price. They're saying, you know, we, they're asking for 90, and Liverpool are somehow hoping that they drop it to, what I'll say, you know, 50, 60 million. So what happens when he goes to the World Cup, has a great World Cup, and then there's a bidding war? If we're not willing to pay 90 million now and he has a brilliant World Cup, then they're going to be asking for £100 million pound plus. And I think that's where a lot of Liverpool fans are coming from. They're saying, well, if they're not, if they're not willing to spend that kind of cash now, of course, it could go the other way. You might have a terrible World Cup, but we're always leaving it for that. What if? And I just think you've seen the likes of Man City and Manchester United and even Arsenal now, you know, they've lost their best player, but they've replaced him with Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang. And It just seems like, it seems like Liverpool are standing still and they're, they're kind of taking a chance on things falling their way in the summer.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I see what you mean, Ty. I think um, we sort of saw it with Lamar before, didn't we? Do you remember, I think we registered an interest in, in a January window before, potentially? And I think he played a friendly the same night and then scored like two absolutely amazing goals against Germany. I think we were recording a podcast at the time, we if were, you remember, yeah. Ty. Yeah, yeah, and we thought, well, that's an extra £10 million on his price. <laughs> but, um, yeah, obviously that's a huge factor in, in transfers. But I think by the sounds of it, from what you've said, Oliver, like it is going to be a long-standing interest in Lamar. And it might be a chance that we do re-enter in the summer, regardless of his, his World Cup performance. Do you think that could happen, Oliver?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of Liverpool's business will be done pretty early this summer. Um, I, I think obviously, you know, a World Cup is a is a nightmare time to, to try and be doing business um, and try and get deals done. You know, Lamar's going to be with France. Um, you know, it's the same situation as as Lamar could go and have a a brilliant World Cup and Monaco, try and raise his price. Um, I think you know Liverpool will revisit that one. He's still a target. I think Christian Pulisic as well is another one. Klopp's very, very keen on. Um, but I think with, with obviously the World Cup this summer and the fact the window's shutting early, uh, much earlier than usual. Uh, Klopp, Klopp's, you know, one of his managers, who loves to get his players in for a full pre-season. Um, you know, he's come out in his press conference today and said we, we won't see the best of Virgil van Dijk until after the summer, just you know, because he would have had a full pre-season with the squad. And um, I think Klopp's very, very uh, you know, keen to get his players in early and integrated into the squad and and get a full preseason under the belt. So I think we'll we'll see a lot of activity sort of um, you know late May June um, I think, yeah late May early June really uh, and, and obviously um, clock, clock won't really want to be dragging this out until you know the, the late the latter stages of the World Cup and you know obviously then once World Cup finishes only a few days until deadline day. So um, yeah I, I think we'll see a lot of lot of business done. I this it's
0: it's crazy to think, that, not it? We're going to be watching the World Cup and looking at these players, thinking, are they going to be going there? Are they moving like to different Premier League clubs? I think that's is whether that scene is like a hindrance or more exciting. I think it adds to it a bit, knowing that you know these players are sort of it. It will define the term shop window for a lot of a lot of players. You see, like Moussa Sissoko, doesn't it. Whenever he's on TV, he seems to play about ten percent better. I think you watch that with the World Cup. I think you'll see a lot of players that really will sort of come out of the shell and we could see some really good performances. Like you said earlier with the, the window changing, he will want to get his business done as early as possible, won't he? Um do you think that's more leaning towards we'll see like sort of pre agreements like we did sort of with Van Dyke being announced on Boxing Day. We had Kaito announced sort of last summer. Um do you reckon we'll see a few more of those maybe between now and the um January not the January window, sorry, the summer do you reckon we might see some agreements outside of the window almost?
1: Um yeah I mean certainly Obviously, you know Van Dyke was, was um, yeah, those conversations. I think that deal was done on Christmas Eve uh, with Southampton. Obviously, didn't come out until later that week. Um, but I think I think we'll we'll see a, a keeper coming pretty early. I think uh, you know get, getting a goalkeeper in and having a full pre preseason um, or as much of a preseason as possible is it, going to be massive for for Liverpool and for Klopp. Um, I think obviously, Abukaita is going to going to be coming in. He, he, you know, he, he joins on the first of July, which is huge for the club as well. Um, I, I don't think... Obviously, you know, Klopp's going to go on holiday, the players are going to go on holiday in May, and, and Michael Edwards is, is going to have a lot of work to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think, obviously, at the moment, the focus is very much on, on what's ahead of Liverpool in terms of the Champions League and qualify for mm-hmm. Europe, but it's a lot of work will be going on behind the scenes and just try and get deals just done as, as early as possible come the summer.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, One, I think, loan deal that everyone was a bit... On the fence about was uh, Daniel Sturridge leaving for West Brom uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, the baggies will cover his 120,000 pound a week wages and pay a two million loan fee for his services. With Ings and Solanke as back up a little bit short when it comes to attacking opinions, uh, attacking opinions, attacking options. In your opinion, uh, Ty?
2: Yeah, I mean the thing is with Sturridge, I think it's quite clear that Klopp <sighs> doesn't trust him, just in terms of perhaps staying fit. For a long while, I've always—I think we've said this on a couple of podcasts—oh, um, that he doesn't look like he didn't go into full flight anymore. I think yeah. he's, he plays as if he's trying to look after his body. He seems to run at seventy, eighty percent. I just—and the way we play, with the way the intensity that Firmino, for example, on the other end of the scale presses at—and he's very, very intelligent in his runs. I don't think Sturge is capable of doing that. So, And I think it also comes down to, I think ideally, yes, you would like to have that extra cover with someone like Sturridge in there. We all know he's a brilliant finisher on his day, probably one of the best in the league when he's uh, fully fit. But if he can't play to club style, and also will sort of come from a personal perspective as well, we know Sturridge wants to at least have an opportunity of making that World Cup squad. I think Sturridge probably asked to leave. Um, yeah. It would make sense, you know, so... <clears throat> I don't think Klopp probably would have wanted him to go just in case, because like again, we've already said another injury. If if Ings picks up another injury, or if one um, of our front three pick up an injury for Mino you know you're very threadbare then on the well the options we got up front. So I don't think he probably would have wanted to let to go just in case. But given it's a World Cup year, he's probably looked at it from a personal point of view as well that you know Sturridge needs that opportunity to go and have that chance of playing in the World Cup.
0: I thought he was good at the last World Cup as well. Back in 2014, it feels like a while ago, and the Euros. I thought I thought he's he's quite suited to tournament football, so it'd be nice to see. I think it'd be nice to see him in the squad. Obviously, Harry Kane's going to lead the line. We all know that. Um, yeah. but moving sort of back to Liverpool, um, the worry does come with Innings as backup. hundred percent for me. Uh, Solanke's yet to score a professional goal. Um, you know, in the at least for Liverpool in the first team. Uh, but he's showing promise. Like we have seen, he has come very close on multiple occasions to breaking that sort of duct. Uh, Danny Ings is prone to injury, like we said, and he hasn't scored a goal, uh, Premier League goal at least, since the fourth of October, 2015. Seems like an absolute age, um, age ago. But are they are they good enough to make a difference? Do you reckon, Ollie? Do you think that we will have to, you know, rely on them at some point? Because uh, Firmino's fitness has been quite reliable we found so far, at least. But you know, there's always one horror tackle away from that that being changed. So what do you think, Ollie? Obviously,
1: a lot of it just depends on Roberto Firmino's fitness, but there's going to be there's going to be a handful of games where Liverpool are, are either losing or or you know they, they need a goal and you know Klopp will turn to the likes of Danny Ings. Um, you know Ings has just been included in the um the Champions League squad, so I think that yeah that's a, that says a lot. Um, and that, you know there, there will be times you know Swansea is a good example the other night where Liverpool uh, you know is not in the game as much as he as he usually is and Liverpool will need a goal. Um. I think you know Liverpool fans are looking at it as you know, and fairly enough to thinking you know Firmino, Danny Ings, and Dominic Solanke. Solanke has never scored a Premier League goal. Ings has only just come back from you know a long-term injury in terms of Premier League and, and first-team fitness, and you know, you know Firmino has been been you know, burnt out before and, and yeah. he's had to be rested. So um, I can see where Liverpool fans are coming from, but from from Klopp's, you know, Klopp's eyes, you know, he even said it earlier. He can play Mohamed Salah up top if need be, Sally Mane can, can go up there.
0: Um, yeah. He's got Ings and Solanke, he's obviously, you know, Firmino's number one, so I just think for Daniel Sturridge
2: it was a, you know, he, he did ask Liverpool, he, he told Liverpool he wanted to leave this window, he, he had
1: a meeting with Klopp and said, look, I, I need game time, the World Cup is summer, I want to get back into the England squad. I want to be playing on a regular basis um, yeah, and West Brom probably made sense for him, he, he, he's not the player he was three years ago. Um, it's unfortunate for him, but it's, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, Liverpool fans will question that decision, but You've got to take into consideration Daniel Sturridge is, is fit at the moment. He's been fit for a while. Um, he just hasn't been, been picked by Klopp, and I, I think from his point of view, he he still wants to get into the Gareth against World Cup squad, and uh, I think he's he, he obviously wants to give give himself the best chance to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what I was um worried about more in the sense that Sturridge has been seen as a reliable goal scorer. Um, even when, you know, it dipping in and out of fitness, when he has been called upon, he has scored goals for us. And I think that's probably where a lot of the Liverpool fans' concern comes from. Whether that's completely out of Klopp's hands, like you said, he has asked to leave, there's nothing you can really do about that. Similar in the same sense of the Coutinho situation. Um, what I think, though, is I think that Ings and Solanke can do a job off the bench. But my my worry, my concern would be um, just in, in the terms of, having to start them but you know we'll, we'll see how it goes i think there's there's plenty of the season left over um just to sort of round it off ollie because i know you're obviously quite busy with anfield um <laughs> hq of course um i just wanted to ask you uh, about the contract situation with emory chan it has been a, a hotly debated topic recently especially given his his performances of late uh against huddersfield i thought he was absolutely superb i have to say getting the goal as well whether it's deflected or not we'll ignore that uh but it was just an all-round brilliant performance um what do you know from from your point of view and your insight um do you think that he will um you know run let this contract run out or do you think we will see him uh, sign a new deal before the end of the season
1: uh, i honestly god couldn't tell you. I, I i mean when we ran a story in Apple HQ about this time Well, probably about June last year saying that he'd agreed, um, agreed terms with Liverpool and agreed to sign a new deal um, yeah. and yeah, that, that turned out to be you know, so the last thing he'd done was, was agree, agree terms um, obviously he, he wants this release clause in there and that only really came out late last year um, I, 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 I'm not sure what his thinking is at the moment um, from my point of view he's you know he's he starts every game for Liverpool. He, he's been made captain in the last few weeks. Um, he's young. It would be a real shame for Liverpool to, to lose him, considering he came to came to England when he was very very young, and, and we've developed him, and he's still got you know a lot of development to go. And you know we we miss out on his peak years at the club. But um, I, I think Liverpool have got to be firm in the fact that you know they, they didn't allow a release clause when Coutinho signed his new deal. Um, yeah, and they're not really. Liverpool aren't a club to, to, to include, really's courses anyway. anyway. Um, whether that will change uh, with, with one of football changing as it is, uh, who knows. But um, I think you know he, he hasn't signed a pre-agreement with anyone yet. Um, I think he's, he's probably going to wait until the summer now. Um, and if he just yeah. leave on a free, it would be a real shame. Um, but I think the club hasn't given up hope of signing a new deal. The club have not given up hope of signing a new deal. And I think um, from his point of view, he's got a lot of football left to play this season. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think he'll sort of focus on that, and, and then, you know that him and his representatives will, will reevaluate the situation. Comes some
0: is he sort of biding his time for Champions League football? Do you reckon could that be a huge factor when we sort of sit down and talk about this? Um, when we once we finished our season, of course.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, that, you know all players want to play in the Champions League. Um, I think Trans is no different. He, he would have had a you know a big taste of it this season, and hopefully Liverpool will will, will try and go as far as they can. Um. Obviously, qualifying for the top four is going to be a, a big factor in it as well. But I, I think Chan's also you know, slightly concerned that with Navigator coming in in, in, in the summer, will really really start every game. when you've got you know Jordan Henderson in there, Jinyuan Alden, Alex Chamberlain, and um, Emery Chan. Navigator. You know, there's only three positions really in, in the central uh, yeah. field and um, I, I think he's probably going to be looking at thinking, "Am I really going to play every game here?" Um, and you know, based on his inconsistency, you. You do you do wonder whether he, he will play every game, um, but if he can perform like he did against Huddersfield every single game, then there's no question about it. He, he's got to start for the club. Um, but I, I think at the moment it's a it's a case of sort of just focus on on this season. Let his agent speak to, to Liverpool and whoever else are interested, and they'll, they'll sort of evaluate it and make a decision come, come May and June.
0: Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Ollie, for coming on today. It's Been an absolute pleasure to have you on. That's all we've got time for, unfortunately today. Um. But where can the listeners find you off the podcast, Ollie? Uh,
1: well, obviously, my, my personal account um, on, on Twitter, or, or you know, uh, I do bits and bobs for for other places. I'm going to excuse, obviously, you know, <laughs> uh, the main one. Um, but, yeah, either either my personal account
0: I'm Yeah, sure. And, Ty, great to talk to you again. Uh, where can the listeners find you off the podcast? I'm not doing as much work for you as
2: I, as I want. I'm sure I'll be back uh, doing more things closer to the summer. But Tyrone's
0: or PT personal training (laughs) Yeah. so uh, make sure you give them a follow, Uh, once again follow Anfield Edition for updates on when the podcast is released thank you so much Ollie, for coming on and thank you Ty as well, Uh, so say goodbye lads cheers
2: guys
1: cheers man. thank
0: you and it's bye from me as well